Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of Volley. I'm here with my best buddy, Seth Robinson. Hey, Seth, how you doing? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Hanging in there. Hanging yeah. in there. Finally have a sunny day. We've had the worst July weather of that in my recent memory. Um, it's been all rain every day. I feel like I live in London or the Pacific Northwest. I don't know, but uh, it's been uh, pretty dismal. So I'm happy to see sun shining. I was I know just in the Pacific like Northwest. I know you were just in the Pacific Northwest. So tell us about your trip briefly. It was great. I, you know, uh, I drove out there, so it was long, and it's it's hard to kind of separate the the driving from the time that we were out there. <laughs> um, but you know, it was you know, big drive out there. I mean, we did sort of the, you know, the Griswold experience stopped at Mount Rushmore, you know, look kids, presidents, yep. you know, got to Yosemite, look kids, geyser. Um, <laughs> and they, they played along pretty well. I mean, they were good on the trip and then we got there and we were on Whidbey Island and it was uh, chilly. Like, you know, after the first day, the highs were in the mid sixties and I was all about that. I was like, let's do it. It's been hot. You know, yeah. especially driving, you know, I got the sun beating down on you. So um, I'll just buy a sweatshirt and we'll, we'll do this. So that's what we yeah. did. It was great. I love that part of the country. Um, I couldn't live there because of the the rain situation. I think I would have one of those um, vitamin D deficiency situations. But I do love visiting. It's beautiful. I have a lot of friends who live in the Seattle area yeah. and also in, the or in, in Oregon and Portland and uh, such beautiful part of the country. Um, so I'm glad I you got I to do it. I could live there. Give me, give me the gloom. So. Yeah. You're all good with the gloom. I yeah, got it. <laughs> so, all right, well, let's pivot to what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. You got some new data, right? I do. Yes. Um, and this is unusual for me because I typically do, uh, studies that are, um, d are the respondents are all from the channel. They're very much channel oriented. And this study is from the end user community. And it's focused on the SMB small medium businesses uh, from about two employees firms to 249. That's where we tapped it out. So it's a bit of a range because if you're a two person firm, you're obviously not the same as a 249 person firm. Um, but it's interesting. So, you know, and for my purposes from, you know, and, and for the, the channel, which I talk about a lot, it gives them a lot of insights into what their customers are thinking about what their budgets look like, the the things that they want to be buying. And we intend this as a tracker. We want to be doing this like, you know, similar to you do an emerging tech tracker every year, something that we um, we replicate year over year so that we can, you know, you know, take stock of changes or non-changes, as it were, and and uh, and discuss those. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, I think this is a, a great segment to be looking at because, you know, as we've talked about before, as a lot of people know, the, the, the small and medium business segment is by an overwhelming margin, the, the biggest part of the economy, you know, here in the US and around the world. Uh, the headlines get driven so much by the big companies and the issues that they're facing, but uh, the, the SMB segment is is just the bulk of everyone that's working out there. And for the channel, that's usually who they're selling into. And and for anyone just watching, you know, trends in hiring or technology buying or technology adoption, um, this group, you know, is, is the one that I think drives most of it or, or doesn't drive most of it, like you said. And 
And, and so I, I think it's really important to, you know, get our finger on the pulse of, of this group and in some ways, you know, put it up against some of the narratives that we have and some of the things that, that we see, you know, in big technology. And, and I think it gives us a better sense of really where technology adoption is as opposed to aspirationally where we'd like it to be. Yeah, we've, um, you know, in doing this research, you know, I obviously looked at outside sources. And the fact is that most people in this country work for a smaller, medium sized business. You're not all working for IBM. I know you worked for IBM for a while, but that is not the case for most people. I mean, it's it's actually the, the statistic is crazy. It's, you know, like 80 plus percent of people work for a small sized company. It's just the reality. Um, and so um, to sort of set them aside as something different from the Fortune 500 companies is wrong. I mean, that's just not where people actually work for the most part. So we wanted to examine and we will continue to examine with this tracker um, where some of these SMBs fall in terms of technology and how they think about technology. And it would be remiss of me not to mention that the last year, if we're looking back on it, was a crazy anomaly, right? And the businesses that were most affected were the smallest businesses um, in the country because of the pandemic. You know, if you worked in a restaurant business, any hospitality business, um, you ran a hair salon, any kind of thing, those small businesses that we all rely on day to day, they were really hurting. So they had a hard time. Um, and what I think one key takeaway, and we can discuss this, is, is when we asked about tech spending, one of the things that sticks out is that companies that didn't go out of business, for instance, um, really circled the wagons and where their priorities lied were around core infrastructure purchases. It was all about the basics, buying laptops for their employees, um, you know, making sure the applications they had were collaboration applications, um, very basic stuff, networking things. Um, and it wasn't focused on the, you know, the much hyped emerging tech and, and other kind of innovative types of things that we've, we've discussed, which are also important, but there was very much a focus on the bedrock kind of technologies uh, that companies need. And I, I think employees wanted that in the survey. It said that's what the, the the employees who worked at these companies wanted. It's like, make my laptop work better, upgrade me, those sort of things. And it was not some whiz bang, we want the greatest and the latest. They really just wanted the basics. Yeah, I, I know you and I were talking, you know, before this about this whole situation, you know, around the, the pandemic and how that changed things or didn't change things and what the mindset of these SMBs has always been. And I think the, the, the data shows a little bit of both, right? I mean, I think we can see a little bit of, uh, you know, diversion in budget from, you know, anything that might be a little bit more cutting edge and pushing someone forward into the core stuff that you talked about, because they needed to do that, you know, in order to keep their remote workforce going or in order to, you know, move to online ordering or, or whatever it might have been. Um, I, I, I feel personally like I would throw a bit of a note of caution into, to, um, saying that the, the pandemic caused most of that. I, I think that the mindset of these companies has always been a fairly tactical one. You know, the, the the nuts and bolts, keeping the lights on, you know, the core infrastructure stuff, there was probably some movement towards thinking about technology a little bit more strategically. And maybe that took a small step back. 
but I, I wouldn't think that next year when we run this data, you know, assuming that the economy rebounds and recovers, that we're going to see this massive shift back. I think a lot of these companies still have a mindset around tactics. And like when we look at satisfaction with technology, you know, we saw satisfaction with technology jump pretty dramatically from the last time we did this study. And I, again, I think that reflects the mindset that if you're if you're investing in the tactical everyday stuff, that's what people want. That's mostly what they're looking at. The, the question that they're asking is, does my technology work? Mm -hmm. uh, a little, a little more so than they're asking, you know, how is technology helping us grow, or how are we using technology in really different ways to differentiate ourselves? Um, yeah. I, go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I think that just that mindset will be an interesting one to, to look at year over year. And I think it is changing, but I think it's changing pretty slowly. Um, and, and the pandemic probably, you know, was a speed bump in that change. But again, it's not going to come roaring back. Yeah, I would agree that, you know, SMB's uh, approach to technology is really um, very tactical and incremental. Um, you know, they're not adopting the latest and the greatest. They really just want to keep things running smoothly. And the people who work for them are happy that their laptop fires up and their software is working and things are secure. I think those are the basics. And uh, but I, I want to point out one thing that you did note here is that you know net satisfaction with how their tech, you know, with how their technology was working. You know, the assessment that employees at these companies gave increased. And the last time we did this study was 2018. So we're talking a three-year gap. And I expected that it was going to go down. I thought with this pandemic and everything else that um, satisfaction with how things were running would um, plummet. And that was not the case. And so I'm wondering is that it goes back to this discussion about core infrastructure is that I think many of these small companies like I said, circled the wagons and said, all right, what do we need to do to make our workers happy? Um, many of them are now going to work from home and uh, let's just get the basics right. And I, that may be what a lot of employees who work for small companies are simply clamoring for, the, you know, getting things right on that front. That's not to say, and I don't want to jettison the fact that, that small companies won't be interested in innovation and they won't be interested in some of the newer technologies. Um, and I think that's one of the things that's gonna be interesting for us to track as we move forward. It, but I, I agree with you, Seth, that um, that these are the, these are this size firm are the types that are gonna move slowly, incrementally. They're typically not first adopters uh, for most of the newer things. Um, I can, you know, I will cite my father's uh, own business, which was a small business with uh, about a 90 em employees. They had computers, you know, and they, you know, and he tried to be um, as quote unquote cutting edge as he could, but it was never, it was, it was never anything that was strategic. Let's put mm -hmm. it that way. Um, so, um, you know, I think it's going to be interesting to watch I feel like sometimes that once we emerge from this pandemic, we might see, I don't know, there might be some like crazy amount of spending. But one of the things that we found in the study is there's still a skills issue here. And that was one of the things that were cited in this year's study. 
as one of the biggest challenges. Um, we see this in all the work that we do is trying to find the right people. And maybe part of that is to try to move your company from more of a tactical approach to technology to a more strategic approach to technology, but how you bridge that gap is you need to find the right kind of people with the right kind of skills. And that still remains a challenge for a lot of companies. Yeah, and I think that's actually the one point that I'm most interested in watching out of this group moving forward, um, because you would tend to think that it's a small company, you know, they've got their core competency, you know, like your father's business or like, you know, many of them have, and it's not doing the technology, but in this shift to using technology strategically, I, I don't think that the default assumption is, well, we're just gonna get that from the outside. I, I think we saw this a little bit in my help desk study. As people start thinking about technology strategically, I think they want to build technology as more of a core competency. And, yeah. and so I'll be very interested to see how these SMBs use channel firms moving forward. Um, you know, I know you had a data point that showed that only about a third of them are really using channel firms for purchasing right now, which is already, I think, lower than you, you might guess if you didn't know too much about what's going on out there. And, and, and so I'll be thinking that as they move into strategic technology, they'll be trying to find a balance, right? And they'll be trying to say like, what things do we want to have, you know, internally here, whether that's cybersecurity or data analysis or, you know, whatever it might be versus, you know, what things do we want to outsource? And um, we've talked about it a million times, you know, if they're, if they're trying to outsource something strategic and something that's a little bit more complex and advanced than simple purchasing, you know, and they've been they've been working with a solution provider or a VAR or somebody, you know, for some purchasing stuff. They they might find that that company that they work with, that partner, doesn't have the knowledge to to do data analysis or you know really heavy duty cybersecurity, and, you know, and so then they're in this mode of like, oh, are we going to have multiple partners? Uh, you know, we probably are, but then how do we balance multiple partners with whatever we do internally? And I. I don't think that it's as simple as saying as the technology needs of SMBs grow, all of that need is going to be filled by outside you know, companies just because the SMB doesn't have that technology skill in-house. Yeah, I'd agree. The whole um, use of third parties is a very interesting one. Um, it's typically fairly low for SMB, SMBs and and almost it's counterintuitive because a lot of the very small companies don't have IT departments at all. So you would think they really need to rely on somebody else from the outside. Uh, and yet we consistently see on studies like this that the use of third parties is you know at the lower um, rung on the ladder in terms of what they use. Um, I think there's some other things in play here. I mean, the fact that we're now in this cloud world and we have online marketplaces and there are many ways in which customers can procure what they need um, that perhaps that obviates the need for a third party to be the seller to small companies. But we, what we are seeing, and this is not coming from this study necessarily, but it's coming from other channel studies that I've done is what we see is that um, channel firms, solution providers, MSPs, et cetera, are pivoting to more of a consulting role and they're helping customers figure out and vet what they should buy, um, a SaaS application or wherever it happens to be. But then they're not involved in the actual 
procurement. The customer goes off and you know buys what they need, but then the third party's role comes in after the fact in helping with any kind of implementation, training, um, integration that has to happen. And then, as you mentioned, particularly cybersecurity, because a lot of small firms just don't really think about that as a as a as something that they need to be, you know, very wary of, and make sure that you know whatever application they bring into their their company or whatever hardware device, whatever it happens to be, needs to be secured, and and not just once, but in an ongoing, updated basis. Uh, and those those are the roles that third parties can play, and I anticipate that more and more small companies are going like if i started a small business today and i had just a handful of employees and i needed to get a few core operational applications why wouldn't i go to amazon and just get those things on a SaaS basis i wouldn't need anybody else to sell it to me and i could see doing that you know a lot of these small companies when they need hardware they'll just go to staples and they'll buy it from you know or they'll buy it off amazon or whatever but it's all that work that happens after the fact that a lot of these small companies don't realize needs to happen. And I think that's where you see the role of the third party player. Yeah. Yeah. I think there are two areas in particular where all of this is going to come to a head. And I, I saw some data in, in your survey that surprised me a little bit. You you kind of broke out and said, you know, of, of these different technology areas, you know, what are the ones that you would like to improve the most moving forward? And data analysis was actually leading the list there above cybersecurity. I think they were very close and they were clearly, you know, one and two, but I might've guessed that cybersecurity would have had a comfortable lead. I know I was just telling someone the other day that this notion of SMBs thinking that they don't need to worry about cybersecurity is probably fading. And then I came across this data point that kind of made me a liar. Um, I, I think they are understanding the importance a little bit, but again, to, for them to be thinking that that data analysis is more of a priority for them than cybersecurity, uh, maybe still reflects a lot of that historical thinking that we've seen in them. Either way, both of these areas, I think are much more complicated than a lot of people assume, either on the end user side or the channel side, right? You know, this is not just selling a product and standing it up and then it runs for you. You know, these are ongoing practices that, you know, we've identified and we've talked about it, you know, several times, you know, we've identified these as new disciplines that companies are forming. So you've got entire teams built around cybersecurity. You've got entire teams built around data analysis. It's not just, a thing you do on the side or one product that you buy. And, and so I think that as both of those things grow, SMBs are going to be looking for them. You know, and the question is, you know, will they, will they find what they're looking for when they go to look for a channel partner? You know, I think in some cases they probably will. And I think cybersecurity is probably a better bet there, you know, than data analysis. But I think, I think even for a lot of channel firms, they probably have quite a bit of their own skill building, you know, and learning that they need to do in order to serve the needs that these companies might be having. Yeah, I think when it comes to, I was also drawn to that uh, that data. I think when it comes to cybersecurity, a lot of smaller companies think it's a big company problem, which we know it is, and it all trickles down. And, uh, and so I think the opportunity, if we wanna talk about the channel for a second, on both the data analysis side and mostly cybersecurity is education. 
I mean, whole practices can be built around customer education. And that comes up on a lot of the, uh, the research that we do is that um, the, the, the notion that your customers don't know what they don't know, which is true in many cases, um, is something that you could build an entire practice around, you know, and, and, and helping them understand the needs around cybersecurity, um, helping them understand how to use data and protect data, all of those things. You know, I often, you know, talk to large channel groups and I say, you know, you, you, you should, you know, make a big part of this education. And, you know, CompTIA does a lot of education. So it's, you know, it's in our wheelhouse as well. Uh, and I, I think that's something that is a, an opportunity and that the target audience for a lot of that education is this SMB market that we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think on the other side, you know, thinking about the skills that you mentioned and, and the hiring that companies are going to be doing moving forward, you know, I think a lot about what does that mix look like and, and what does that landscape look like? You know, if, if, if you've got a small company that's wanting to hire <laughs> some kind of a, a cybersecurity, you know, expert, you know, maybe they wouldn't call them a CISO depending on the size of the company, but you know, they, they, they want some specialization in cybersecurity, you know, in-house to be managing the overall strategy. You know, where, where are they getting that? That's already a, a skill that's in, you know, high demand and, and low supply. So if, if a lot of SMBs start thinking that they want a little bit of internal skill and knowledge, I think that's just going to drive, you know, that problem even, even more drastically. And I think you're going to see a lot more demand around, alternate pathways into technology, technology jobs, um, yeah. you know, certifications, uh, you know, like we have here at CompTIA, you know, different training, uh, a lot of discussion about what types of rules are out there. I just, I think that whole space is getting very complex. I think there's going to be a lot of demand. Um, and and I, I don't think that most SMBs are going to be content just saying, I don't need any of that skill in-house. I'm just going to outsource all of it. And, and so, like I said, it's just going to, you know, make the problem even more drastic. No, I think there's an opportunity here for smarter companies in this SMB demographic to not think from the outside in, but from the inside out and to pick a few people, work within their company and send them out, train them, get them certified um, there's always, you know, one or two people that are already pretty tech savvy within your organization and then go go and professionalize it for them. And um, and then you're not relying on having to pick from the hiring pool uh, on the outside or to use an outside source. There's a lot of our, there's a lot of avenues that you can go down here. Um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how this tracker does uh next year and the year beyond especially next year uh, as we kind of climb out of the pandemic and see um where these companies go but i, I to your point seth i think you're right this is not a, a fast moving um size slice of the market um but it's it's also a slice of the market that can't ignore technology at all and i don't think that they do um so we'll see where they go moving forward yeah well, I don't think anything's been published on this one yet, right? That uh, we won't have a big full report, but we will have, you know, some slides yeah, uh, out there at some point. So, you know, if people want to look at the data a little bit more, you know, they can check out our slide share. Um, yep. Other than that, uh, I, I suppose that I will be talking to you next time. Are you you going anywhere? I've, I'm done with travel now for the summer. So, are you going anywhere I, now? I have a vacation upcoming in right after channel con so i'll give 
a plug for ChannelCon, which is coming up August second, third, fourth, and then on the seventh I go away. So I'll be away for a week, going to Maine as usual. You as know, usual. So, yeah, yeah well, little Maine. Nice. Yeah, it'll be nice. Hopefully the weather cooperates. I'm glad I didn't pick July for my main vacation this year because it was not a beachy beachy weather at all. But um, hopefully uh, August will cooperate. So yes, um, so to our audience, um, ChannelCon is coming up virtual. Um, so check it out. That's in another week or so. Uh, like I said, August 2nd through the 4th, and then then I'll be on vacation. So you all need to know about that. So. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah, we'll be looking forward to seeing you at ChannelCon. I know you're presenting there. I'm not, but uh, you are. So we'll be looking forward to that. And uh, I will talk to you next time, I suppose. Sounds good, my friend. All right. Bye. Take it. Yeah. Bye.